This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. UN urges end to flow of guns to Haiti gangs. China wants embargo. Venezuela goal legal battle resumes in London. Amid new COVID-19 wave, Pan American Health Organization urges increased medical production. Martinique and Barbados confirmed first cases of monkeypox. Jamaica expected to earn $5 billion U.S. billion from hotel rooms to be constructed. And Caribbean travel marketplace hold 40th edition in Puerto Rico. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, July 18th. We start a report today in Haiti. The U.N. Security Council on Friday unanimously threatened target sanctions against criminal gangs and human rights abusers in Haiti and called on countries to stop the flow of guns to the Caribbean country. Violence has soared since the assassination of President Jovenel Moïse, which created a political vacuum that gangs have used to expand control over territory. While China voted in favor for the resolution on Friday, which extended a U.N. political mission in Haiti for 12 months, it expressed disappointment that the 15-member body had not imposed a formal arms embargo on gangs in Haiti. China took an unusual active stance, according to the report, in Security Council negotiations on the resolution drafted by the United States and Mexico. Haiti has recognized Taiwan's sovereignty. Some analysts say Beijing may see the impending political transition in Haiti as a chance to persuade the country to swap its diplomatic ties to China from Taiwan. Sink its Nevis Observer via Riders reports that a long-running legal battle between Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro and opposition leader Juan Guaido over who should hold the key to more than $1.5 billion of gold stored at the Bank of England resumed at the London High Court last Wednesday. The UK Supreme Court ruled last year that Guaido should be recognized as the Latin America's country head of state taking a lead from the British government's position and that he had the authority to determine the future of the 31 tons of bullions. The High Court will now grapple with the novel question over a four-day trial about how to treat rulings by the Venezuelan Supreme Tribunal Justice that says Giardio's appointment to an ad hoc central bank board are invalid. Giardio, who has been recognized by countries such as Britain and the United States as Venezuela's legitimate interim leader, alleges that Maduro-run central bank wants to appropriate the goal and that it should therefore be kept in London. Giardio, the president of Venezuela's National Assembly, claims to be the interim president on the grounds that the 2018 election was flawed and that under the Venezuelan constitution, he should take the helm until there are new elections. 
As Omicron variants BA4 and BA5 drive a new wave of COVID-19 affections across the Americas, the cases of monkeypox continue to rise. The Pan American Health Organization Director Carissa Ethian has called on countries to work together to meet the growing demand for vaccines, medicines, and other health equipment in the region. The emergence of the Omicron variants is yet another reminder that the virus keeps evolving every time it's transmitted and that we must remain vigilant, the director said during a media briefing last week. She said manufacturing capacity will continue to be sorely needed in our region to help deal with the COVID-19 and other pathogens. There are likely to be outbreaks of other diseases that will require us to rapidly develop and deploy new vaccine, diagnostics and drugs to fight them, she added. We must be better prepared for the future, the director said, announcing a three-step plan to work with countries and international donors to bolster regional capacity to manufacture vaccines and medical tools. The first phase will focus on efforts to strengthen research and development in Latin America and the Caribbean, particularly in the areas of the mRNA vaccine development. The regional platform to advance manufacturing of COVID-19 vaccines and other health technologies launched last year aims to train and support local companies in utilizing mRNA vaccine technology. So far, a company in Argentina and another in Brazil are participating in this initiative. The second phase focuses on developing a strong regional regulatory system to ensure that new medical tools are safe and effective. For the third phase, the Pan American Health Organization is working with regional and international partners to create a shared roadmap to improve the production of health technology in the Americas, including partnerships with the European Union to strengthen the regional capacity for medical product development. The Pan American Health Organization is also providing support to member countries in detecting and containing monkeypox. In related news, Antigua Newsroom reports that an adult with mild symptoms compatible with the infection of the monkeypox virus was treated a few days ago in Martinique. This person was immediately placed in solitary confinement at his home. According to ARS Martinique, the patient's state of health shows no signs of seriousness. And St. Lucia Times reports that Barbados has confirmed its first case of monkeypox, a Barbadian man in his 30s. In a statement, the health ministry disclosed that the patient was attended to and had symptoms of a progressive rash, body pains, and fever. The local test results came within 24 hours. The patient remains in isolation and is under the direct care and medical supervision of the Barbados Medical Officer of Health. Barbados Today reports that general elections in St. Kitts and Nevis will be held Friday, August 5th, with the nomination day being Tuesday, July 26. The long-anticipated election date was announced by the Prime Minister, Dr. Timothy Harris, at his People's Labor Party rally on July 17 in Tabernacle Village, where Dr. Harris hails from. Prime Minister Harris said that he had informed the Governor General, Sir S.W. Tapley-Seaton, last week of the recent development 
arguments with respect to the constitutional prerogative of holding a general election 90 days after the dissolution of parliament. The elections will be contested by the People's Labor Party, led by Prime Minister Harris, the People's Action Movement, led by Sean Richards, the St. Kitts and Nevis Labor Party, led by Dr. Terrence Drew, the Concerned Citizens Movement, led by Mark Brantley, and the Nevis Reformation Party, led by Dr. Janice Daniel Hodge. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica is projected to earn more than 5 billion U.S. dollars in direct foreign exchange inflows from visitor occupancy of approximately 8,000 hotel rooms slated for construction over the next two to five years. Jamaica's tourism minister, Edmund Bartlett, says over 24,000 new jobs are expected to be generated by the development valued at 2 billion U.S. dollars, which are either underway or slated to start shortly. Mr. Bartlett said the program activities include the 2,000 rooms at the Princess Hotel in Hanover, adding that we are expecting to have the first 1,000 rooms ready by 2023. The minister indicated that 260 rooms, Sandal Dunn River Development in Ocho Rios, St. Anne, and a new 700-room RIU Hotel being constructed in Falmont Trilwan is expected to be ready by mid-2023. Meanwhile, Mr. Bartlett said groundbreakings are slated for several developments, among them a 2,000-room Hard Rock Hotel in St. James, which he informed will be in another few weeks. Then we have a number of other small projects happening by our local Jamaicans who are doing smaller hotels and villas, he further indicated. Mr. Bartlett highlighted the villa subsector, which he noted is growing in leaps and bounds. In related news, Jamaica Information Service also reports that Jamaica's source market for tourists are being further expanded and diversified to include several countries in Africa and the Middle East. Tourism Minister Edmund Bartlett said that the government has engaged counterpart officials and airline executives in those regions regarding flight arrangements. He said that the market diversification is in recognition that traditional locations like the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, which he described as legacy markets, can be underpinned by the lingering effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the Ukraine-Russia conflict, among other disruptions. Consequently, Mr. Bartlett, who had been leading the government talks, said that steps are being taken to future-proof the local industry and safeguard the interests of all stakeholders, including small and medium tourism enterprises. He advised that an MOU is expected to be signed with the President of the Republic of Nambia, His Excellency Hei Jiengo, during a four-day state visit to Jamaica from August 4 to 7. Other agreements have been or are being signed and discussions held with counterparts in Botswana, Ethiopia, Kenya, Nigeria, Rwanda, and South Africa, he added. Mr. Bartlett said he also met with executives of Royal Jordanian Airlines in Amman regarding Middle Eastern and Levant countries. These include Cyprus, Israel, Jordan, and Lebanon, and sections of Turkey, the minister said, noting that discussions with Turkish airlines are also on the cards. So we are making sure that we future-proof the market and put ourselves in position after the recovery to have exponential growth, he noted. And finally, Caribbean Journal 
reports that anticipation continues to build for the 40th edition of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association's Caribbean Travel Marketplace Conference. This year's event will be held at the Puerto Rico Convention Center in San Juan from October 3rd to 5th. Karen Witt, chair of this year's Caribbean Travel Marketplace said, the Caribbean is still one of the world's most desirable destinations and we are looking forward to the convergence of buyers and sellers of Caribbean tourism to advance the region's recovery. This year's registrations are already outpacing expectations, according to the organization. Buyers from 14 countries and suppliers from 21 different countries and territories have already confirmed their participation. Witt also said buyers of meetings, incentives, conferences, and exhibitions and destination wedding experiences have also confirmed their participation. It will be the first in-person edition of Caribbean Travel Marketplace since the onset of the pandemic. The 2020 edition was held at the Bahama Resort in the Bahamas just a few months before the pandemic began. For more information, visit Caribbean Travel Marketplace. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, July 18th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.